Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome back. Joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline, it's Odyssey NFL insider and host of the Ross Tucker podcast. It's Ross Tucker. Ross, thank you for joining us. Uh, my first question is, of course, about the Damar Hamlin situation, the uh, devastating injury that we all watched last night on Monday Night Football. I'm wondering what you make of the kind of controversy that's boiled up around this five-minute warm-up that was announced during that ESPN broadcast and now the league is pushing back on saying that was never really in the cards that they were going to go back five minutes after the ambulance left the field or whatever that exact time was. Yeah, fair question. I think the answer I have is I, I don't really think very much of it at all. I mean, I, I'm, I, I don't discount that somebody at ESPN was told that and that maybe someone – at some point suggested that, you know, my guess is as this was unfolding, they thought, all right, after the ambulance leaves, you know, we'll have a five minute period to get the guys ready again, then play. But I think as they thought better of it or realized the severity of the situation, I think my guess is that they kind of realized that wouldn't be a good idea. Now, I don't know. I mean, it seems to me like Sean McDermott and Zach Taylor kind of know the answer, right? Like if they, I think Zach Taylor walked across the field and talked to McDermott and talking about the head coach of the Bengals and Bills, if you're not familiar. And if those guys sort of unilaterally decided this is not a good idea, like, well, our guys cannot play, then that's very different. And then that would put the NFL in a bad spot with the suggestion that, you know, they, they wanted the guys to try to play. Ross, have you ever been on the field where something happened to a teammate and you felt it would be inappropriate or difficult to go on playing the game? It's funny that you asked that, Christian, because um, one time in my career did the ambulance come on the field, and it was 2004, 
and I was playing for the Bills against the Patriots, actually. Oh, Edwards? Uh, I was playing center. And I don't remember exactly what happened to him, but our right tackle, Mike Williams, had some issue, uh, had some collision, and he was motionless on the ground. Um, and so it became a neck and spine deal. And they brought out the backboard, and they brought out the stretcher and everything, and they put him in the ambulance. It's kind of weird, right? Because on the one hand, like, everybody's kind of worried about him, obviously. You're not really seeing him move. And then his wife comes down out of the stands, and we all know his wife, Anisha, and, like, you know these people, right? Like, it's your teammate and friend. What makes that situation unique, I guess, is that the the neck and spine thing has become somewhat common to the point where you're you're almost used to it. But like in hindsight, like what if the guy is paralyzed? You know, like, you know what I mean? It, it, it seems wild in hindsight to be like, okay, yeah, he might be paralyzed. Roll him off the field, and then like two minutes later, you're in the next play. And the way, the wild thing about it is, like, that first play after the ambulance leaves the field feels like you're in slow motion. doesn't even feel like anybody's moving. And then the second play, it's like everything went totally back to normal and, and the guy never got hurt and the ambulance never left the field. It's, it really is bizarre. I don't think any of us thought we shouldn't continue playing, but I do remember coming off on the sideline and being like, Hey, you guys have any updates on Mike? Like, is he moving his legs? Is he moving? You know, I mean, that was that was a real conversation that happened. So, Ross, do you feel like this might this situation might prompt, or should it prompt any kind of different response then by the league in the way that they continue games after an extremely traumatic injury? This was, you know, I think unprecedented. But to the to your point, we've seen pretty serious injuries in other contexts within NFL games. Yeah. Um, well, I think on some level it kind of has to, right? I mean, they, they postponed a game last night, and they're not going to play it again the rest of this week or maybe, um, maybe ever, which is something that I'm sure they're considering. So I think on some level the answer is yes, but – I don't know, I'm 43 years old. It's the first time I've ever seen anything like this. I talked to a couple of doctors about it, and they say it's like a lightning strike, right, um, for the incident that happened with DeMar for this cardiac arrest. So unless it's a life or death situation, I kind of think they'll play on and pretty much – Life or death situation is the only one I can ever remember. All the other ones are typically neck and spine and potential paralysis situation as opposed to life or death. Ross, every time there's a uh, big injury like this, I feel like there's always talk of how parents aren't going to let their kids play football now, and eventually there's not going to be any more youth football and stuff like that, and it never really plays out that way. Could this be different, or could this be the, the start of maybe a, a more serious discussion of that? Because I feel like this has affected everybody a lot different. There's a lot of people watching that game last night. Well, I guess, first of all, I would disagree with you. I do think 
because of the brain injury stuff and the CT and some of that stuff, that youth football participation is down. High school football participation is down for sure, especially like places like California. Um, there's no question. And the interesting thing about that to me is I always wonder like how informed people are, right? Like I am very informed about it. Um, the head of the concussion legacy foundation, which is based there in Boston is Chris Nowinski, a Harvard football player that I played against, you know, Boston's sort of the hub for CT and brain injuries and people that say um, they would never, ever let their kid play football to me are almost in the same category as people that act like there's, you know, have their kid play in kindergarten and, and just, no, they're fine. It's fine. I'm fine. Nothing happened to me. It's fine. I'm, I, you know, either one, I wonder how much research they've really done. I am totally, totally fine with any parent making whatever decision they think is best for their child, as long as they're properly informed. But I kind of feel like both those people, Christian, both those groups aren't really very well informed. I mean, it's about volume of hits to the head over time. So if your child only plays like high school football, the chances of CT or anything like that are very, very minimal. But those people, there's also people that don't, acknowledge that there's any issue at all and they haven't played when they're really young so to answer your question in a long-winded way i do think there will be people that because of what happened last night will be even more hesitant to have their child play football even though based on the multiple doctors i've talked about that this um this sensation called i don't know if it's commodio cordis or commotio cordis where you take a shot to the chest and it knocks your heart out of rhythm like this and knocks you into cardiac arrest, it's actually more common in, like, youth baseball and softball. But people won't know that. People won't do the research on that. You know, it was Monday Night Football. It was the biggest Monday Night Football game of the year, and it was really scary. And I'm sure there are going to be people that just associate that with football even though I would hope they get properly informed again, AED at any type of contact for any type of ball sport. It seems like it happens more from what I was reading with lacrosse or baseball or softball and actually taking a, a ball to the chest. Yeah. There's definitely been at least one documented, documented case recently of that in lacrosse Ross. And I, well, I think we're all struggling trying to get uh, these medical terms out of our mouths and do it correctly and try not to, like, reflect too much on what we don't know. I'm wondering, though, from a p- football perspective, just because we just heard a clip from Bart Scott um, saying that this was not a hit that should be legal, that T. Higgins, basically the way that he collided uh, with DeMar Hamlin was not should not be a legal football action or is not uh at this point in the NFL. Do you agree with any of that? Did you see anything unusual on that play? Well, I don't know. Bart broke down like frame by frame. I certainly did not. I didn't see anything from the couple times I watched it that looked illegal or out of the ordinary to me. And I actually thought, Megan, it was the opposite. It's actually more startling to me 
that it seemed like a relatively routine hit, if that makes sense, right? Like, I actually look at it like, if that can happen from a hit like that, how does it not happen more often? And even what they're telling me about this Commodio Cordis thing, well, then how does that not happen to boxers more often, that they take a, a shot to the chest, you know, right when they're about to breathe or, they're, or right when their heart's about to pump and this happens? I, I'm, um, I'm very confused by how this happens, and, and none of us have really ever seen it before in the sport of football. And very concerned. I mean, thank goodness it happened in an NFL game where there's like 20 doctors and there's an AED and there's CPR. I mean, this happens at a high school game, you know, in in Mass or Pennsylvania where I live. I don't. I don't. It's probably uh, even scarier than it already is. Ross, before we let you go here, I did just want to ask you about the Patriots. Obviously, this affects them scheduling-wise. But in terms of that uh, Dolphins game, you saw them pull out a win there. They certainly needed it. Um, any uh, any reaction to uh, Mac Jones and the offense, the way the defense handled uh, Teddy Bridgewater, and then uh, the third stringer there, um, overall impressions from the uh, Patriots staying alive one more week? Well, I mean, pretty clearly I thought that Duggar picked six and any injury to Bridgewater changed everything. I don't know that I came away from the game feeling any differently, frankly, about the Patriots' offense. Probably feel about the same there. The thing that's interesting to me about the Patriots now is, you know, we talked about this on today's Even Money Betting podcast, which is that it seems like um, there's a decent chance that maybe the NFL would call and declare the game a no contest, Um, which is interesting because I guess on some level then um, the Bills would be playing for the difference between the 12 or the two seed and the three seed against the Patriots. I mean, there's, there's a lot of different things going on right now that can affect the level of Bills importance to win against the Patriots on Sunday. If that game happens, right? Like, if the Bills had lost last night and the Chiefs won on Saturday, then the Bills wouldn't have a whole lot of motivation necessarily right. against the Patriots on Sunday. Whereas if they declare it like a no contest, which is essentially a tie, um, then the Bills are 12-3-1, and Bengals are 11-4-1. and I don't know the tiebreakers, but it would seem to me like the, the Bills, I mean, the Bengals would be locked in to winning the AFC North then, but they'd still, I guess, be playing to try to be the number two seed. So the Bills might have to beat the Patriots to be the two seed. I'd have to look at that. But um, it is pretty wild that everything that happened last night could have a big impact on whether or not the Patriots make the playoffs. All right. Ross Tucker, NFL Odyssey insider and host of the Ross Tucker podcast. Ross, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we're going to trend when we come back. We're going to talk about some of the implications of this game not being played this week, at least. They're not going to resume it. The Bengals-Bills game that was postponed, canceled, whatever you want to call it, last night. The NFL announced that. What does that mean for the Patriots-Bills game on Sunday? What does that mean for the Patriots' playoff chances? We'll get to that after Trent. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back. Weird day in the sports world. Uh, we're all trying to wrap our heads around and keep up with everything that's happening with this DeMar Hamlin situation. Uh, he is in critical condition at the UC hospital in Cincinnati. And uh, apparently they brought all his vitals back up. So that's good news. But he is intubated, which is never a good thing. And sedated to deal with that intubation. Um, the latest update we have from the NFL on the Bills-Bengals game in the Week 18 schedule is that um, after speaking with both teams, this is from a statement uh, from the NFL and NFLPA leadership. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell informed the clubs today that the Bills-Bengals game will not be resumed this week. No decision regarding the possible resumption of the game at a later date. League has not made any changes to the Week 18 regular season schedule. We'll continue to provide additional information as it becomes available. Of course, that is extremely pertinent yeah. to your New England Patriots because they had just been slated to play on Sunday at 1 p.m. against the Buffalo Bills. And they had, well, they didn't have to beat the Bills to get into the playoffs. We know no, that there was, there was a situation a scenario, where yeah. you could root for the Jags and the Jets to both win. Right. It's like an 11% chance that if both those teams eke out wins and the Patriots lose against the Bills, which, sorry, was the likely scenario, that they could still make the playoffs. Now we don't even know if that game is happening. And I'm not trying to be hyperbolic here, but it, they're not going to resume this Bengals-Bills game this week, which already had implications for the playoffs for the AFC standings. But it sounds like it's not a sure thing that the Bills-Patriots game happens on Sunday. Yeah, I don't think I don't think you can 
say for sure that it will. I think that right now we're in a we're in a situation here where they knew that trying to play that uh, or trying to finish the Bengals game was going to be impossible, right? They felt like there's no way that we can do that. There's no way we can do that and then play this other game. Now they're thinking, well, maybe we can't play this other game either because there's a very real possibility that his condition, Hamlin's condition, won't have changed by Sunday. You know, I mean, that, that, or, you know, God forbid, who knows? Maybe he'll be better by then. Maybe things will take a turn. Uh, obviously, that's what we hope for, but you can't expect these guys to go out and play while he's still in the hospital, while they still aren't sure, like, what his status is going to be. And so there's a very real possibility that this game Sunday gets forfeited. And I heard Mike Reese uh, was across the street, and he said that may be what they do. They may end up forfeiting this Bengals game and forfeiting the uh, the Patriots game. They've already secured a playoff spot, and who gives a damn where we are in the standings? Let's just all get right and regroup and, and, and deal with this awful situation that we're all in. And honestly, that makes the most sense to me, trying to go out and play on Sunday when you can't, you know, you already had this thing happen and not even a week later you're going to try and play again like that just seems unrealistic. So I'm I'm all of I'm all for the uh idea that Buffalo just packs it in for the rest of the regular season and says we'll we'll regroup in the playoffs. So before I respond to that, this is just essentially what Mike Reese said across the street. Uh this was kind of his opinion, his outlook of what mm. could happen. This isn't a news report from ESPN's Mike Reese, but he said uh, Vic Carucci, who is a veteran reporter in Buffalo, he said uh, the Bills already have their playoff spot locked up. And so the idea that they'll say, we'll just take a forfeit on the Bengals game, take a fort, and we know that's not maybe in play now, uh, we'll take a forfeit on the Patriots game and give ourselves space. Um, there's a mental health aspect to this. So basically, it's in the player's mental health, uh, I, I guess, in, in the case of looking after that, that they get the space as a team to recover from this, to support the Hamlin family, be there for their teammate, and not have to worry about game planning for a divisional opponent against the Patriots, go back to Buffalo at home and see them there, and worry about their standings and the playoff implications and all of the business side of this. I'm kind of surprised, though, Arkan, that that's your, your take, that you would you think that the right thing is for them not to play on Sunday. Well, it's not necessarily I think it's the right thing. Right. It's up to that. You know, it's up to the team and up to the, the players and the coaches and everybody to sort of decide, are we up for this or not? I just don't see how they would be. I don't see how they can regroup from this, especially if the kid's still in the hospital. I just don't see how they can sort of say, all right, we'll just sort of, you know, compartmentalize all this and go out and play this very important game here. And then, you know, whatever happens after that happens after that. I could see them just saying, listen, this this is a lot. This is a lot for all of us. We're already locked into a postseason spot. It may not be, you know, the first or second seed, maybe the third. Who knows what they end up, where they end up at, especially if they do this. But I could see... I could see the coach and, you know, everybody, McDermott and all of them just saying like this, we can't, we can't expect this of our players. We can't ask them to do this. We're going to, we're going to just pack it in until, until the playoffs start. Yeah. I would say I would have been really surprised uh, if the Bengals and the Bills played this week, Hmm. if they finished that game or, you know, restarted that game, however, they were going to resume it this week. That would have surprised me, especially there was at one point a report out there that like, oh, they have to do this in, 72 hours or two days or something if they're right, going to so resume Right, so they play it. Wednesday and then what, right. they play again on Sunday like, too? Yeah, that to me seemed totally bizarre that that, <laughs> that that would be a way that they proceed. I know we saw games off schedule during COVID and that that got a little wacky where at one point it was like, okay, we have five or four NFL games in six days or something and that was weird. This is totally different to me. To your point, I think it's in the, it's in the players' hands. I think it should be in the NFLPA's hands uh, so that if, uh, God forbid, there's something... 
like this that happens going forward, that there's something laid out for yeah. how you can uh, reasonably approach this. I just worry if that's totally naive. Like if the the amount of money, the TV deals, the sponsorships, even the uh, you know initiatives that are given to players in terms of making, making so many catches, so many yards, so many this and that, the incentives that mm-hmm. are tied to their contracts, the assistant coaches who are looking to build on their resume to go build up something so that they can interview somewhere else to sure. go up a level. You know, there's so much money, as gross as this sounds, tied into this. I wonder if it's just naive to think that they would just absolutely forfeit that game knowing that that they have a strong team they're going into the playoffs no matter what yeah i mean we're talking about something that hasn't really happened before since 1971 we're talking about something very much unprecedented and happening at a time in the season where you're right i mean all the contracts are signed all the you know games are sold out like everything's everything's set to go and it's a it's a delicate thing for the nfl to try and uh, move around right now. You remember in the COVID year, there were all those times where the you know the players weren't ready to play and they had to move games later in the week because there wasn't enough guys to field the team. And then you know the Broncos are out there with a wide receiver playing quarterback and they had to do all this stuff. That was in the middle of the year and it was an ongoing thing all season long. This is now happening at the end of the season as all of the seedings get sort of made and done. And I just think that you know the league has a real decision to make when it comes to how they handle this and how they treat it. And they've already, I think gotten off on sort of a shaky foot. I don't necessarily blame them for the way everything went uh, last night, but I do think just knowing their reputation, like fans aren't going to give them the benefit of the doubt, they have to be really careful here. Like, they have to be really, really careful that they don't botch this. Is there, I guess, I'm going to hold this thought because I, I need to let it cook a little bit more. Let's go to a call, and this is Joe in the car. Joe, you're on. What's up, guys? Hey, Joe. You know, it was pretty devastating. I hope the guy comes through. Nobody wants to see that to any player. But Roger Goodell's got a chance to make this right. We've heard him in the past as far as, you know, uh, we care about the players, safety, safety, safety. But then he adds another game to the season. Um, so if the right thing to do is, I was going to say, was cancel the season. But like Cardi has said, there's a lot of money uh, implications to this. Uh, but you know what? There's no dollar value on someone's life. So what I would suggest is for them, everyone not to play this weekend. Like give everybody a bye week. All right? Just push the Push, push the, the Super season. Bowl back, basically, you're saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, no one plays this week. Everybody gets a, gets, a, gets a bye this week. And then take it from there. And, and God forbid, the guy does pass away. I think they should end the season. I mean, I I, I want to end all these all these. Uh, all right, thanks, Joe. You, Joe. Sorry, thanks Joe, you're call. breaking up. Uh, I'm not sure if he called me Connie or Claudia. Like Claudia says. Oh, Claudia. Like all Claudia right. says. All right, Claudia. I thought he was trying to say Fourier says. Like he's calling me <laughs> Fourier. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It's very confusing but, what's going on here in the show today. Um. So is that realistic that they push all the games back one week, including pushing the Super Bowl back? That's it's more realistic of- than them canceling the season. Yes. Well, okay, I mean, they're, not, they're not yeah. canceling this season. I'm sorry, they're not. I don't that, think that's it's, not uh, happening. you know, moving the Super Bowl. You know, you talk about, like, all the tickets being sold yeah. and all the ads and everything. I mean, it's the Super Bowl. Like, that's on the day that it is, and moving that around, I feel like. The biggest event in the whole country. Literally the moving heaven year. and earth. Yeah. Maybe we so. blow out that dead week between the conference championships and the Super Bowl. There's always two weeks between. The last, the 
conference championships. Right. And that pre- used to be the Pro Bowl week. Yeah, yeah, and then there's a week of, oh, man, I wish it was the game already. Can we they just get to it? They already canceled the Pro Bowl anyways. Now it's like the skills competition, and you, I don't know, they like shoot uh, water guns at each other or well, something. It's all <laughs> happening in real time. I don't think that's such a, a crazy suggestion. I mean, what 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 is so value and sacred about that week? If we just move everything back, let everybody get their affairs in order, you know, get mentally right like you have to, and then take it from there. We don't need two weeks until the Super Bowl. What I was going to say right before the caller, and this might just sound like uh, athlete jargon, BS crap. Is there anybody on that team, you think, on that Bills team who's like, the right thing to do is play this game? That's what he would have wanted, you know. That's you know sort of what thing. I mean. I'm just trying to think. I'm playing devil's advocate. If there here. was, I I'm didn't see him. I'm trying to think from the other side. Yeah, like these are guys who know this guy extremely well personally. As we've heard so many times, the players are often closer with their teammates mm-hmm. than some of their family. Is there anybody who's like, you know, he wouldn't like us to like step back from the Patriots game or whatever. Or is that just crap? Uh, no, I don't know. I mean, I, listen, I'm not in that locker room. I really couldn't tell you. But I said based on, I could say based on the reactions that you saw on the sideline, it didn't seem like they were in that sort of space. And I know there was at one point. That was point, right in the moment, Stephon, though. that's true. And Stephon Diggs was like sort of trying to, and you know, you saw, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Burrow on the other side throwing the ball. Like, you know, there was there was thoughts of maybe getting back and, and restarting, but they realized we just can't do it. You, you put some time and some distance between that. Maybe you start feeling differently. Some of the players on the team start feeling differently. I don't. I don't know. I think that uh, particularly if his condition improves, which if it improves, sure. From what I understand, with injuries like this, again, it's going to be a couple days. Like I don't think we're going to get an update. You know, at four thirty right. from the hospital. I don't think so. I think this is going to be the condition for a few days. From what you research, from if you talk to medical professionals who have dealt with situations like this, like. It's not something, if it, if he didn't pop up on the field, then it's not something that's going to be resolved in 24 hours, in 48 hours. It's going to take a little time. Yeah, you would think so. And there's probably going to be players on that team, you know, who think the best thing to do right now is to, in, in other situations, you know, when the tragedy happens or something traumatic happens, the best thing to do is just go to work and, you know, think about other stuff and worry about other things. The difference here, though, is that it happened on the field. And they were all around them, and they all saw it happen, and it happened at work while they were playing their game. Like, that that makes it just so different and so much harder to just say, okay, well, we'll just play the game and, and forget about it. Or not forget about it, but move on and, uh, and, and sort of put it out of our minds. It's hard to do that when you're on the same field that it happened on. I don't right? want to be a complete ghoul. Uh, but since we are in New England, and they were they are slated, by the way, like nothing has happened with this game yet. We just talked about a little bit of speculation, mm-hmm. uh, in probably informed speculation from Mike Reese right. about whether or not the Bills would want to play against the Patriots on Sunday. If they forfeit that game because of, you know, mental health concerns, just needing to be together as a team and those players with their families and all of that, this is the worst scenario in which a team has ever made the playoffs. Ever, ever, ever for the Patriots. Like if the if this is the reason that the Patriots get into the playoffs, oh boy! And you're in the Patriots locker room. Look, I know you're nowhere near in as devastating a situation as the Bills is. You can't celebrate that. You're, you're not having an oh yeah breakdown. Oh my god! Slater. I mean Guys, seriously. We got to be in Cincinnati in, in, on Saturday of next week. Again, I don't want to be a ghoul, but since we're in New England and this is Patriots country, I think we need to talk about it. The asterisk. I can never say that word. Uh, I think the, you got it. the bullet point, whatever it is, that's on this season of how you made the playoffs and why you have a weird record going into it. 
that is freaking dark. Yeah, it is. And especially considering the fact that a big factor in this was going to be Tua Tagovailoa not playing last week. Yes. And how we all thought, oh, my God, this team, you know, and it's an, it was a ghoulish sort of thing there, too. You know, you don't want to see Tua out like that. You don't want to see a guy have three concussions in one season and maybe, you know, bad ramifications down the road. And then something like this happens literally like the next day. Like, that's just it's crazy. I mean, it's really, really wild. And you're right. I mean, for the Patriots, it's it's hard to, I'm sure, think about football in that in that sense right now. Eventually, they're going to, and eventually people who put schedules together are going to have to say, all right, where's the game? Who's playing? What's going to happen? And people move on with, you know, whatever, with whatever the business of the NFL is. But right now, it's just, it's hard to, it's hard to even conceptualize that. Let's grab a couple calls here. This is Jerry in the car. Jerry, you're on. Hey, guys. Happy New Year to you guys. How are you? Hey, Jerry. Doing all right. How are you doing? Good. There's a lot of similarities. I was just looking this up for the soccer player from Denmark that had the heart attack on the field back a year and a half ago, Christian mm-hmm. Eriksson. Yep. Same exact situation. Players all around, they were all upset. Do you guys have any idea what the league did with the game? Did they make it up, postpone it? There's so many similarities to it. I'm not sure if anyone's talked about that. Couldn't tell you. Thanks, I mean, Jerry. I'm not know. a huge soccer head. Do you know anything about that, no. Garvin? I, I, I remember when it happened. happened because I think that exact day I came in here as a guest on the old, old, old afternoon show, and I came in and everybody was just in shock about what was what they had just seen happen, and it was like, did he just die on the field? But I don't know what they did there. I don't know. I'm not a soccer head. I'm yeah. not going to pretend like I am. I honestly have no idea. Uh, let's go to Bob in Londonderry. Bob, you're on. Hey, guys. I was um, kind of, like you said earlier, playing the devil's advocate or thinking, given the way the season has gone and given how we have to do everything correctly, do you think it's going to get to the point where they're going to relook at this whole football thing and say, uh, maybe we shouldn't play it. It's just too dangerous. You know, look what's happened. And uh, depending where this goes, or how about if this happens – Lord forbid, again, and I don't mean in five years. What happens if this happens again? Something's going to They're going to have to do something because there's no way this is just going to continue to go the way we do everything politically correct. And I'm just saying it wouldn't surprise me. All right. Thanks, Bob. Uh, I feel like this. Yeah, go ahead. Real quick, uh, Christian Erickson. I just happened to look this up and see it. Uh, The match continued later in the evening, but it was after officials confirmed that Erickson was in the hospital, stabilized and awake. So they took him to the hospital. About an hour later, he woke up. Uh, they relayed all that back to the back to the pitch or whatever, and then they resumed the game. So he regained consciousness. Yeah. is the major difference. Yeah, there. it's a huge, huge difference. Huge obviously. difference. Uh, so to the caller's point, I feel like that's a conversation that we have more after. I'm sorry, but like a horrible spine or head injury, yeah. which we've seen plenty of. Not in like the a league. freak shot to the chest. This, like this is, doesn't happen. This often. is something different. And by the way, yeah. as we've heard from other callers and. Uh, as I referenced, it happened with a Cornell lacrosse player. I think it was like 10 years ago or 12 years ago or something like while I was still playing uh, who went into cardiac arrest and died in a very similar scenario. This is not just individualized to the sport. And as we talked to Ross Tucker about and, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll talk to uh, Doc Jess Flynn about in a couple hours. I don't think that there was anything football specific about what happened there aside from it being a physical game. Yeah. I think you're I think you're right. I mean there's there's hits like that in all games every weekend and there wasn't really anything all that special about it except for the fact that he just caught him uh in the chest really hard full speed and um you know I think that's that's sort of where we are. That makes it that makes it I think scarier. 
if it's a big, ugly Jack Tatum hit, then you're right. like, oh, well, look at this guy. You know, like that's what that needs to be out of the game. Take that out of the game. Kick that guy out of the league. It's easy to sort of react to something like that. This one is it's just so freakish, you know, it's just so freakish. It's hard to, it's hard to really say anything. Yeah. And I mean, hopefully we'll know more as we get more information. I don't think we're going to be getting that today, but hopefully later this week, we'll get some good news on the situation. Uh, mm. We're going to pivot to a little hockey talk. We got Andrew Raycroft. He's going to join us to talk about yesterday's winter classic and everything Bruins. And then we will get back to the Patriots in just a few moments. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're going to continue talking about the uh, DeMar Hamlin situation. We're going to get to the Patriots, the implications there, and just dive into some of the Patriots because, yeah, there was a game this weekend. But we got to turn to the Bruins. In the Winter Classic, great Winter Classic yesterday, we're going to talk to Andrew Raycroft now. He's brought to you by Shaw's and Star Market, bringing people together around the joys of food by John Sewer and Drain, cleaning the name to know when your drains don't flow by D'Angelo Grilled Sandwiches. For a limited time, get 20% off your order using code 2020 and by Brennan Smoke Shop, the very best smoke shop in Massachusetts and now in New Hampshire. Brennan's, after 30 years, is expanding into tax-free huts in New Hampshire and Razor joins us now on the Harbor One Hotline. First of all, Razor, I don't think anybody has more sponsors than you on this entire network. That was a big like, full what read. There, the hell Ooh, is going I keep on? Saying that. I don't, I don't know, <laughs> but I'm, I'm not seeing the residuals on the okay. other side of this. So b- believe me, I, I, it's not on my end. The sales guys are, are pulling tricks on you guys. So they're working hard for you. Yes, yes, that's right. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, So, awesome game yesterday. Uh, Before we get to that and everything Bruins, I did want to ask, since we're spending so much time talking about Damar Hamlin here, and a lot of people are calling in with concerns about the nature of football and these devastating injuries that we see. Um, Are there any instances in particular when you remember throughout your hockey career, not just as a Bruin and NHL uh, being a teammate of somebody who went through something like this in real time in a game. No teammates, but but it's it, it has happened, and and the the horrible situation last night has brought those those memories up, and and we've talked about it in the hockey world. Chris Pronger in 1998 took a slap shot and collapsed on the ice. Um, uh, young Russian player actually passed away. 16 year old Russian kid uh, just a few years ago. Not having a defibrillator in the arena did not save his life, unfortunately. Uh, Jay Bowmeister, another St. Louis Blue, and I think it was six, seven years ago now, um, on the bench as well with with a with a heart issue, cardiac issue. So it has happened throughout sports, and it's a horrible situation. You just hope they they did enough last night, and 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 the efforts that they made on the field were were incredible, and um, you, you hope for 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 the family and the teammates and, and, and all the players involved. Um, Razor, with the uh, game yesterday, obviously another great performance there from Jake DeBrusque. You've really seen him this year 
bust out of uh, what seemed like a couple of years of really uh, sort of in-between play. The relationship with Cassidy is certainly something that came up a lot. What's the biggest difference you've seen in Jake DeBrusque this year under uh, some new coaching as opposed to the prior years? Well, I think it's. I think that first goal is a, a perfect encap, encapsulation of, of his season. He's in front of the net. He takes a slapper. He gets hit with it. He fights that off. He gets into the corner, retrieves the puck late in the power play. Then he gets back to his spot, low on the goal line. Brad Marshawn makes a great play to him, and he takes the puck directly to the net. He's not looking to make another pass. He's not looking to shoot from that spot. He's looking to turn and go right to the net, and he forces it five-fold past Casey to Smith. I think that shift just everything he's been doing this season, the secondary third efforts that he's been making, his his focus, his desire to get pucks directly to the net, and just his ability to make his teammates, his line mates better with his speed on the ice. So all things that he has done at times in his career, but this year it's, it's on another level and it's been much more consistent. Yeah, you bring up that consistency. I just think about where we were talking about Jake DeBrusque last year with this team. What is it about Jim Montgomery and I guess the relationship that he's built with his with his players and with Jake DeBrusque in particular, that he's able to bring that out of him character-wise? Well, it, it's, I think, one, it's just a different voice. I think you start there. We all have, have situations in our life where one way is not working and any other way will be better. I, I think there's a little bit of that in this situation. I think the way Jake finished last season and the way his teammates and in particular, Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron, almost took him under their wing again as a bit of an older player, but took them in, took him in on their line last year and said, this is the way we're going to do it. You do this, this, and this, and, and we're going to be fine. And I thought Jake did a, did a great job turning the corner at the end of last season, and certainly with Jim Montgomery, he's taken a whole nother step. That positivity, just that mental reset that you're able to have in some off-seasons, Jake's taken it a little personally and taken it to heart and, and motivated himself with it. And then, of course, when you get positive reinforcement like he's been getting, it only builds. And he has all the skill and talent in the world to be a consistent 30-goal scorer, and we're seeing that right now. Razor, I feel like this time of year is usually when Bruins fans start lamenting about the fact that there's no secondary scoring and the top line has to do all the work and it's just the same thing every year. That's not happening this year. It's not the case this year really at all. The top line's still uh, doing great, but they're not even really the top line anymore. Um, what do you think has been the, the key driver between or uh, towards all of the uh, secondary scoring, I would say, but not just that, uh, these other lines sort of coming together and clicking more earlier on in the season maybe than in years past? Yeah, well, I think I think the defense, I'd start there with the way the defense is playing, the way they're playing a little more offensively, jumping in the rush a little bit more, doing a better job getting pucks through from the blue line has helped the offense altogether. It's helped the forwards, it's helped each line, and especially the, the fourth line, the third lines that really rely on puck possession, the low-high game, getting pucks to the front of the net, the tips, the screenshots, the battles, the pig piles out in front. So the D's done a really good job with that. And then it's it's David Krejci coming back and being able to be a center on that second line. We saw the goal that he set up, the second goal from Taylor or from Jake DeBrus, but it's Krejci going through the middle of the ice, sifting through four Penguins, finding Taylor Hall, perfect timing down the wing. So when you can roll out 
uh, a David Pasternak with a David Krejci, or you switch it up and you go Hall DeBrus Krejci, or you switch it up again and you have uh, David Pasternak go up to the top line. So just having Krejci in the middle allows so many more line combinations to work well, but at the end of the day, it really makes David Pasternak happy, and we've seen that all season as well. We're talking to Andrew Raycroft. So, Razor, I'm wondering with yesterday, look, Winter Classic is an awesome event uh, every year. Yesterday's game was particularly exciting. But as a player, is there any part of you, especially as a goalie, who's like, I don't particularly want to play outside in this, you know, not knowing what the weather is going to be and the conditions and everything when these games actually count for our record? Yeah, for sure. And and I think it, it gets offset by the excitement of everyone around you that are that want to be a part of this. All your friends and family want to come in for the game. You get to the stadium the day before and you see how excited it is. You hear when you go grocery shopping, everyone wants to talk about the Winter Classic. So as out of routine it can be for some players as hard as that can be for some guys who really rely on routine and and maybe are struggling and don't want to go outside a goaltender has to change a lot of different things when playing outside i think that as annoying as some of those things can be most of it gets put aside because of how excited and how cool the game has turned into and and the older guys recognize too and we heard a lot of those the last couple of days, just they're probably not going to play another one of these. Boston's had a lot lately. Mm. It's hard to imagine seeing another one here in the next five or six years. So I think they really wanted to, to go out winning and put on a good performance, uh, despite some of the challenges that, that the outdoor game can bring. All right, finally, Razor, uh, got to comment on it because he keeps on winning. Linus Allmark, I mean, the $5 million, I know when he was signed, people wondered why he'd uh, spend an extra $5 million on a goalie when you got a guy like Swayman there already. That's starting to look like the best deal in the NHL. Is he going to keep this up all year, do you think? I mean, you were a goalie. Like, where did this come from with this guy? Well, you know, he was a great signing last year, and, and people didn't know a lot about him. So he's in Buffalo, but it, but it was a great signing through the goalie world anyways. Linus has got a ton of talent and uh, coming here and, and refining his game and getting comfortable. I don't I, – 21-1-1. and one, like, I was talking to a few guys this morning. Like, that is nuts. I, I can't fathom or, and certainly don't have the words to explain how – wild that is i haven't seen it i haven't been around it like this before and again just a game yesterday where that's an easy loss like you can find a way to lose that as a goaltender but he doesn't he's he's playing so big and so solid and and allowing even his team down one nothing he just keeps battling and allowing his team to get back into it so do i think he's going to double this second half and be 42 two and two (laughs) no that's uh not too realistic but Certainly, he has the chops to keep this going. He has the he has the ability to be uh, an elite NHL goaltender for a long period of time, and, and I think we're just seeing the start of it right now. All right, well, lots to look forward to in this new year with the Bruins. Andrew Raycroft, he's brought to you by every sponsor in the city. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining Thanks, us, Razor. You got it, gang. Happy New Year. Enjoy the night. Thanks. Happy New Year. Uh, all right, uh, when we come back, we got to get into something. Uh, I heard on the morning show. It's not anybody from the morning show, so I don't think it's going to be like show on show violence. Uh, I thought we got some 2023 beef with the morning show. No, here. this is something. I haven't had a beef with the morning show yet. It's like I got to ask. I got to ask. Why does the morning show like to call everybody douche? Like douchey. This person's a douche. That person's a douche. Because a guest 
He's calling a certain Patriots player a douche. Here he is, the biggest douche of the universe. And we got to address it next. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.